As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. This is Wednesday, and tonight I'm back here with Denise, with Maxime, and with Joel Renner. And we're so glad that you've joined us. What a privilege that you let us come right into your space. And I want to remind you that if you need prayer, please contact us right now. Just call us or send us your email. And the moment we hear from you, we're going to begin to really pray for you. And did you know that our staff has really been trained how to pray and which kinds of prayer to use in different situations. That's what we covered last night. They really know the prayer tools. And when you call, they will really use the right tool to get results to whatever it is that you need to be prayed about. We're going to believe for God to move and God will move. And I want to remind you that we're offering you our free download called The Love Test. What God's high level love looks like when it is released through you. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which most people call the love chapter. I call it the love test. And I personally believe, I really do, that it was Paul's personal checklist to see how well he was walking in love. Paul is a man that really had a hard time controlling his anger and his emotions. You see it all over the book of Acts. You even see it in his own writings. He wrote years after the fact, that he rebuked Peter to the face. He had such a sharp disagreement with Barnabas. They got into a fist fight. You read about it in Acts chapter 15. Paul was a man with really strong emotion. He was not real easy to get along with. And I personally believe that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 was his personal checklist. When he wrote these verses, love is patient, love is kind. I think he was talking to himself. All right, Paul, love is patient. Love is kind. He looked into this mirror every morning to see how he was doing at walking in love, what he needed to repent of, what he needed to change. That's why I call it the love test. And we need to see how we're doing at walking in love. Anyway, order this today. It's free. Just go online. You can download it right now. And you can also get the accompanying series, which is five parts. By the way, this is from the regular TV program this week. You really need to order this. And it comes with a book. The book is small, but it is really powerful. And I want to remind you that this week we're offering everything on our website for 25% off. That's right. That is amazing. And you know, right now when people are saying, what is going on in the world around us? Ay, yay, ay, has the world lost its mind? Well, yeah, it kind of has. Guess what? It's going to get worse. It's going to get more bizarre as time goes by. I'm not trying to pronounce good news, bad news. I'm just trying to awaken you to the fact we're chosen to live in the end of the age. And at the end of the age, really weird things are going to happen. So we have to embrace the season, decide we're going to grab hold of the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, enjoy the ride all the way to the end, shine the light of the gospel in darkness. And there's a lot of darkness for us to shine it into. Mm-hmm. And there's some books that will help you. One is called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. Denise, is that a great title? It's a great title. And the foreword is written by my friend, John Bevere. Then this book is so important. People are reading it all over the world. Last Day's Survival Guide. And, you know, this book is so practical. And at the end of every chapter, there are steps. They really are 
action steps to help you know how you need to respond to what's going on in the world around you, what the Holy Spirit said about the future, what you need to self-correct in your own life so you don't just survive these times, but you really thrive in these times. You should order this, and this week it's 25% off. And because it's nearly Christmas, I wanted to mention sparkling gems from the Greek. Number one. You say, well, I already have that. Do you have number two? There's two. There's number one. There's number two. And in both of these, in each of these, there are a thousand Greek word studies. Denise, you know how much work I put into these books. I do. And last night, and you don't know this, but in the middle of the night, I was reading one of those little gems. You were. I sure was. Well, I don't know if you were little. Me. You know, I joke. I joke. <laughs> it was in number one. I jokingly say that if you don't read them, you can use them to lift weights because they weigh about eight pounds each. But we want people to read them. We want people to read them. <laughs> it's eight pounds of revelation. And it's written in such a way that you will really get it. You will really get it. And the subtitle says, 365 Greek word studies for every day of the year to sharpen your understanding of God's word. And my friends, hundreds and thousands of people have read these books. And if you want to know how to begin your new year, or maybe you know somebody else that keeps saying, oh, I need to be able to study my Bible. I just don't know how to study my Bible. Well, here's the answer. This will get them started. You don't read the whole thing at once. You just read a little tiny bit every day. And by the end of the year, you have devoured the whole thing. And I guarantee you, you'll be different at the end of the year. Sparkling gems from the Greek to sharpen your understanding of God's Word. Joel? I just want to say, I really enjoyed yesterday's home group. Me too. Oh, me too. When we talked about prayer, I know we're going to talk about the love test. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. But yesterday's home, home group, if, 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 you, if you want to watch that, go to the archive and watch it where we talked about prayer. And I believe our prayers, God's going to answer. I do. Amen. And I just wanted to say, I really enjoyed that home group with you all. And please like this video, comment. We read your comments. We really do. And we thank you for being with us at home group. Amen. Maxim, we're glad you're with us thank, tonight. Thank, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Like I said it uh, last time, God is love. And the more we love, the more God-like we become. And I want to grow in love. I need it. Please teach me. Well, then let's go to 1 Corinthians 13 and let's review verse 1 because we covered that on Monday night, but we've skipped today. So let's review verse 1. And Paul's writing these beautiful poetic words that everybody quotes in their weddings. But when you really understand what it means, I doubt people would quote it in their weddings. Mm -hmm. Listen to what he says. <laughs> Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I'm become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Let me just tell you again about a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. A sounding brass describes the musical instrument that was paid, played by frenzied pagan worshipers. They were so frenzied that they would take these metal instruments that had 10 added to the metal. You know, 10 really produces a nauseating, annoying, mm -hmm. hollow sound. Mm -hmm. And they would begin to bang and bang and bang and bang and bang and bang and bang those instruments because they believe the louder they banged them, they would either attract the right spiritual entities to them or drive the wrong ones away. <laughs> and so they were just nonstop clanging banging, 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 banging. And what if you lived in a house near one of those temples that was just banging, 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 banging all the time? It just grated on people's nerves until they would want to say, shut it up. 
just shut it up. Would you please stop the banging of that instrument? And they would never stop because it was their duty to bang and bang and bang and bang and bang. It was annoying. It was grating. It was irritating. And people felt like they were trapped and could not get away from it. All of that is in a sounding breast. Well, hey, then what about a tinkling symbol? The word tinkling is just hysterical. What a funny translation. Sounds like a little tinkling of something. It describes a nonstop clashing. The word symbol describes a symbol. And this is exactly the words that were used to describe the Jewish nation before they would go to war. Just before they'd go to war, they would pull out their symbols and they would begin clashing them. And the purpose of those clashing symbols was to arouse people and to call them to arms, to stir them up and get them ready to absolutely fight it out. <laughs> now, let me give you the RIV. Are you guys ready? Okay, what is the RIV? The An winner. interpretive conceptual translation of the Greek New Testament. Okay, here it is. Even if I converse fluently in the languages of men and angels, but do not possess love, then it's nothing more than empty, hollow sounds. People like this who claim to be super spiritual but lack love sound a lot like the nonstop banging and clanging of brass instruments in your city that you wish would stop. Those who go around pretending to be deeply spiritual but who are sorely deficient in love are so annoying. <laughs> Have you ever met anybody like that? They're so annoying that you feel trapped in a vicinity near them and you begin to look for any way to escape from being trapped near them. Even if they say all the right things, their lack of love makes them as grating on your nerves as the clanging brass instruments that make you want to scream, stop it and stop it now. Let's be honest. These super spiritual motor mouths talk incessantly about how spiritual they are, but their absence of love makes it nothing more than a bunch of verbal hullabaloo. The hyped up spiritual talk of these folks who demonstrate zero love to match their words is so offensive and nauseating that it can nearly call your flesh to battle just to get them to shut up. Now, Denise, let me ask you, do you think anybody would use that translation in their weddings? <laughs> <laughs> but that's an example of how there's so much more than meets the eye. When you dig into the Greek New Testament, it's amazing. I, I was just picturing it, Rick, <laughs> and the, the minister reading that and the bride and groom going. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, let's go back into verse four. In verse four, Paul continues and says, love suffers long, suffers long. The Greek word macrothumia, we've already covered this from the word macros. Hey, guys, what word do we get from macros? Macaroni. Macaroni. If you say macaroni, then you know Greek. It describes something that is long, <laughs> and the word thumas describes swelling, passions. When you compile the two words together, it's somebody who feels something a long time, like macaroni, it's macros. It is forbearance and patience that doesn't easily give up or bow out, or I say it's like a candle with a very long wick, not a short wick, a long wick. It has the ability to burn and burn and burn and burn and burn. It doesn't easily give up or bow out. And the RIV of this part of 1 Corinthians 14.4 is, 
Love patiently and passionately bears with others for as long as patience is needed and does not easily give up or bow out. So how are you doing? Here's your checklist. Are you doing good at suffering long with others? But wait, it goes on to say in verse 4, love is kind. What does the word kind mean? The word kind portrays helpfulness, warm-heartedness, a willingness to show goodness from the heart to others, one who is beneficial and helpful to others, one who is considerate of other people and their needs and demonstrates this kindness in some way. It is those who demonstrate compassion. They are considerate, sympathetic, humane, kind, and gentle. And when applied to interhuman relationships, and by the way, that's where it's needed, it conveys the idea of being adaptable to others, to be adaptable or compliant to the needs of others, and that means the RIV of the second part of 1 Corinthians 14.4 is love doesn't demand others to be like itself. Rather, it is so focused on the needs of others that it bends over backwards to become what others needs it to be. And the best example of this is Jesus, who though he was God, did not think he had to retain that outward semblance of who he was, but took on himself the form of a man, even took on the appearance of a servant. He was made in the likeness of men. Why? God was bending over backward to come down to our level because God wanted to reach us. God's love, agape love, was driving him self-sacrificially to do whatever he had to do to help us. And that's what love does. Mm -hmm. It bends over backwards to become what others needs it to be. But wait, let's go on in verse 4. Because Paul continues on his checklist to say love suffers long and is kind and love envieth not. What does that mean, envy? It depicts one who is self-consumed, one who is driven to see his own agenda adopted, one who is competitive. It pictures one who gets upset because someone else achieved more or received more. One who is jealous, envious, resentful, filled with ill will for that one who got what he wanted. This word envy can be translated irritated, infuriated, irate, annoyed, provoked, to be fuming. It pictures one who is incensed. It portrays one who is radically consumed with his own desires and his own plans. Now, I think we have to acknowledge that's a pretty bad word. And the RIV of this part of 1 Corinthians 13, 4, would be translated, are you ready for this? Love is not ambitious, self-centered, or so consumed with itself that it never thinks of the needs or desires that others possess. It's pretty strong, isn't it? So how are you doing on your checklist? Do you have envy toward others? But wait, it goes on. And verse 4 continues to say that love vaunteth not itself. What in the world does that mean, vaunteth not? The word vaunteth is a Greek word that means, all right, Denise, are you ready for this? I think you're going to enjoy this. It pictures a lot of self-talk. Self-talk. Pictures one who endlessly promotes himself and exaggerates his own virtues. This self-promotion is so outrageous that it is usually prone to exaggeration that borders on lying. 
One Greek scholar notes that this word pictures a person who is full of hot air. Another expositor has translated this word as windbag. You know, I'm thinking about somebody. <laughs> Do you ever think about anybody when you hear any of this? I'm thinking about somebody. There's a particular man. He's a preacher. Don't ask me who he is. I'm not going to tell you who he is. But when he comes walking in my direction, I begin to look for a way to escape. Because he is so full of himself. Perpetual self-talk. He does this. He does this. He does this. He does that. He is the biggest self-promoter I've ever met in my life. And it doesn't just border on lying. It is lying. It is exaggeration over the top. That's what the word vaunteth means. And when you run into a person like this, guess what? You want to tell them to cut it out. You want to escape from them. Let's not be guilty of this. Let's not be guilty of this. And the RIV of this part of the verse would be, you ready? Love doesn't go around talking about itself all the time. Constantly exaggerating and embellishing the facts to make it look more important in the sight of others. Well, you know what? That means this person's not focused on others. This person's focused on himself. He's focused on himself. It's offensive. It just puts you off. You just smell the stench of it. You just want to run in the other direction. This is not the way that love behaves. Love is focused on others. It's not full of a lot of self-talk or here. We've already seen it could describe a windbag, somebody just full of himself. But wait, there's more. <laughs> In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, Paul goes on to say, Love suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Love vaunteth not itself and is not puffed up. What does that mean, puffed up? Well, the Greek word means to be proud, swollen, or inflated. One who is filled with pride, one who has an air of superiority and haughtiness, or listen to this, this is really good translation, one who is snooty or snobbish in his dealings with other people, a self-inflated individual who often has a clannish feeling about him and his friends because they believe they are superior to others. It's bad. That's what the word puffed up means. And the RIV of this particular portion of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 is. Love does not behave in a prideful, arrogant, haughty, superior, snooty, snobbish, or clannish manner. Well, how are you doing? How are you doing on the love test? Can you check here that this is not you or do you need to work on this? But wait, it goes on. It goes on, and in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5, Paul writes, Love does not behave itself unseemly. Unseemly, what does that mean? The word unseemly means to act in an unbecoming manner. A person who is, Denise, listen to this, tactless, a person who shows no tact, it means to be thoughtless, a person who is careless and inconsiderate of others, one whose actions and words tend to be rude and discourteous, one who exhibits bad manners in the way he deals with people, one whose language is harsh, brutal, uncaring, insensitive, and unkind, or it just describes one who is ugly. 
his behavior is ugly. And the RIV of 1 Corinthians 13, 5 is, Love is not rude and discourteous. It is not careless or thoughtless, nor does it carry on in a fashion that would be considered insensitive to others. All right, now I'm going to give you 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5, the whole thing in the RIV. Are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. Are you guys really ready? Mm -hmm. Are you ready, home group? Here it is. Love patiently and passionately bears with others for as long as patience is needed and does not easily give up or bow out. Love doesn't demand others to be like itself, but is so focused on the needs of others that it bends over backwards to become what others need it to be. Love is not ambitious, self-centered, or so consumed with itself that it never thinks of the needs or the desires that others possess. Love doesn't go around talking about itself all the time, constantly exaggerating and embellishing the facts to make it look more important in the sight of others. Love does not behave itself in a prideful, arrogant, haughty, superior, snooty, snobbish, or clannish manner. Love is not rude and discourteous. It is not careless or thoughtless, nor does it carry on in a fashion that would be considered insensitive to others. Now, Denise, I think that really adds a lot of color to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. What do you think? Well, I think it does too. And, and I think that if the more that we can think and meditate in these verses, that they, be, they get down deeper and deeper in our heart. And it's where we want to be. It's, it's how we want to act. It, 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 the Word of God is so powerful that if we get it, get it, get it, get it more and more and more inside of us and out of our head, down to our heart, it is going to affect our character. And this is what we're going to lean to. Instead of when we catch ourselves being envious or we catch ourselves being ugly or snooty or snooty. And before we rationalize that we were snooty or that we were ugly or we said it's because this other person, it's their fault. If this word gets down inside of us and starts to affect our heart, it will affect our actions and and it will um, what's the word I'm looking for? It will just join in with that power that's inside of us, Rick, that love of God that's on the inside of us. It just will join in. And you know what, Denise, I'm thinking about the New Testament because the New Testament says we put out a smell. Mm -hmm. yeah. We either put out the fragrance of Christ mm -hmm. or we put out the stench of death. But you're putting out some kind of a smell all the time. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, when you are really walking in love, you put out such a fragrance. People are attracted to you. You bring out an aroma of Christ to people. But when you're really in the flesh, it is such a stench. And by the way, you don't like to be around people that are in the flesh either because it's nauseating. It, it just puts you off. You don't want that to be you. And Paul gave us this checklist, the love test, in 1 Corinthians 13, not to condemn us, not to judge us, but to help us. Mm -hmm. This is intended to help us. Instruction. You know, when I was translating these verses, I came under great conviction. I laughed out loud, I have to tell you. When I really dug in and began to open these verses, I just laughed out loud because it's just so right. It just, it just made me laugh. But it also made me say, Jay, I need to really work on me. I don't want to be like that. I never want to be like that. I never want to be like that. 
But you know what? Paul's just getting started. There's more. There's more. When we come back tomorrow, we're going to see that love is not seeking its own. It's not easily provoked, and it thinks no evil. What in the world does that mean? It thinks no evil. Well, he goes on to say, it keeps no record of wrongs. Hmm. In other words, if you're really moving in high-level love, you have amnesia on purpose. You forget things on purpose. I like it. Amen? But hey, we want you to get the free download <laughs> called The Love Test. The Love Test, what God's high-level love looks like when it is released in you, and you're full of God's high-level love. We know that from Romans 5, verse 5. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart. It's in you. And it comes with the whole series, and it comes with the little book. This is such a powerful package. And as Joel's been telling you every night this week, everything on our website is 25% off, Joel. It is. It's 25% off, and we made it available for this special time of the year. Soon it's Christmas. And I think one of these books would really bless one of your friends. Amen. Or maybe one of the series or a study guide. There's so many study guides. But please remember that we want to pray for you. We just believe in prayer. What a privilege it would be for our telephone to ring right now and to hear your voice on the other end of the line and say, hey, I'm calling because I need prayer. We would love to hear from you or for us to open our inbox and there's an email from you asking us to pray. And we promise that when you contact us, whatever you tell us to pray for, it's going to be held in great confidence. Nobody will ever know about it except our team because they're praying. And when we pray, God moves. It's like we taught last night, deasis. We make strong petitions. We don't just cry out. We cry out in faith. And God moves. When we urgently put a demand on God and make our petitions, God moves. And if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. You can call us right now or send us your email. But Denise, I'm just enjoying this so much. And I didn't give Maxime even a moment to hardly say peep tonight. But Maxime, we're so glad that you're with us. I'm learning a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like I'm growing in love. And I want to say about your translation, I, I enjoy reading the Amplified. But when your translation comes out, I think I will prefer it over the Amplified. Maxime, that is so nice. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm very sincere. It's wonderful. Well, thank you. It's a conceptual translation, which is kind of a new idea. But it's taking all the concepts in the Greek and carrying it into our language for a broader comprehension of what the Greek New Testament is really saying to us. The Bible is just wonderful. That's why we're believing for revival of the Bible. Revival of the Bible. Do you love your Bible? Do you love your Bible? Read your Bible every morning. Make it the priority in your life. I'm reading Ecclesiastes. I got so much out of Ecclesiastes this morning. It just was like healing balm in my heart as I read the Word of God. Let the Word of God be a healing ointment for you. Mm -hmm. We're out of time. We'll be back tomorrow night. Go to bed. Sleep really well tonight. Let the Holy Spirit deal with you about the love test. See what you need to change, what you need to modify in your life and in your behavior. He'll help you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.